Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Man, it, it's weird whenever it's just us at this point. Yeah. I think going into this year, we had this goal of doing more guest episodes. I'd say mission accomplished if it's gotten to the point where it feels weird when it's just you and me. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's... I, <laughs> I've, I, it's so funny. I With the guests, I have a different, slightly different audio setup. And I was setting this one up this time, and I'm just like, oh, wait, no, I, I got to do this instead. So, yeah, it is definitely weird. Uh, but it was so much fun having all these guests. Yeah, four weeks. You know, we had Nick, we had friend Daniel, Leach, and TK. And it's, it's always interesting to get people's uh, varying opinions week to week. Because I think at this point, you and I know fairly well what we're going to expect from the other and what how we'll receive the episode so adding in that guest dynamic is a fun little uh, variable oh yeah i will say this though in preparation for this episode knowing we didn't have a guest i got lazy like i felt like i kept pushing off like oh i gotta take notes oh i got time <laughs> like i kept <laughs> instead of like oh i gotta prep for the intro i gotta write what i'm gonna say about the person and all this and that it was like oh i, I, I got time <laughs> it's just jude I'm it's good. just jude <laughs> Well, I I tell you what, like, I didn't get lazy. I will say it was, it was, and you texted me this, it was a different experience. I have some, our normal recording night is Thursday, as we talked about, but we're recording on a Wednesday because I have something to do Thursday. And then I will be in town this weekend. And so expect to hear something with the two of us in the same room for the first time in a while. I'm super excited about that. I'm so excited about it. I think it'll be the the only the third time that we've done this. And the last time we did this, the meta episodes were born. So Yes. <laughs> who knows who knows what could happen when we get together? <laughs> we we oh, I think man. we've learned, knock on wood, how to do two people audio in the same room. <laughs> well, clearly by saying knock on wood, we know nothing about audio. It's <laughs> bad podcasting. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit more confident about a two person setup. So hopefully uh, that'll be fine and dandy. Yeah. Yes. So super excited about that. Mm -hmm. Well, regarding this episode, uh, we're going to continue something we started last week that I'm really excited about. Uh, Like we said, we're trying to live up to the MCU need to know name by curating various articles throughout the week that happen in between recording sessions of the most important news we think you need to know within the MCU. So after talking about it, uh, and honestly, kind of thankful on such a short turnaround since we are doing this Wednesday, we had an article that dropped today with perfect timing, and it is called Inside Marvel's What If Finale. Season 2 Plans and the T'Challa Spinoff That Never Was by Adam B. Vary over on Variety.com. So essentially what this is, is an article where uh, Adam interviewed the creators of What If and asked him a variety of questions in which we got answers about uh, Season 2 Plans, the idea that there would have been a T'Challa spinoff without the passing of, um, of Chadwick Boseman. Um so yeah, uh, Jude, what did you think about this article? Was there anything that stood out to you in particular? You know what? Just I think just the overall, you know, point of the article. Like that—that that is something. As soon as I heard it, I was like, "Wow, that is something I really would want to see." You know, I, I think that would be a fun mix, uh, T'Challa and Peter Quill. I'm assuming they would get Chris Pratt back, 
you know, to do that, but to, to have the two of them play off of each other just seemed like so much fun. And, and so, yeah, so it, it saddens me to know that that was a, a possibility that, that we're not going to get. Um, but it also makes me hopeful in, in seeing the things that they thought about and the pairings that they thought about that we wouldn't have seen on the big screen, you know? And, and so that really helps me look forward to season two. Yeah, and and I think like even at its worst, I know I've been pretty critical of the what if season one so far, uh, but even at its worst, I think that there are backdoor pilots into potential full shows into this because that was one of the number one complaints, right? Like, I wish this would have been longer. I wish this would have had more time to uh, breathe. Having a whole series is exactly what I was looking for for some of these plot lines. So yeah, that would have been really cool. Yeah, you you know what? That's that's a good point. Like. Some of the plot lines uh, that that each individual episode got could have had its own season. Mm-hmm. Well, we will definitely link into the article. There's a lot of great stuff in there. They even have an answer uh, from Brian Andrews, the director of What If, uh, regarding how they tackled the stakes in a multiverse. So it's well worth a read, and you can find a link to it in our show notes. Yes. But of course, we are going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 9 of What If, which is entitled, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? So the way we're going to handle this is we've got some pre-spoiler thoughts, and that'll be the section for us to discuss the episode without getting into too many spoilers. Uh, That will be followed by an audio cue, which will bring us into the spoiler zone, where it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. So before we get there, Jude, do you have any pre-spoiler thoughts for this finale? I liked it. Uh, You know, and (laughs) it's interesting. Right before we started recording, I mentioned in my second watch, I liked it less. Um, You know, and but but I I did genuinely the first time around enjoy it. Even the second time around, I genuinely enjoyed it. I think it was one of those things that, as I'm trying to take notes on, it just I don't want to say it didn't hold up because I think I I think that's putting too much expectations on these episodes, like in comparison to to what I'm looking for at a Disney Plus show or looking for at a movie. So in in that way, you know, when I say it didn't hold up, it like. Yeah, I mean, to that kind of like scrutiny, I guess. But otherwise, like I I thought it ended well, and I'm glad that they were, they did take that direction with its ending. Um, It did, though, make me wonder, because I know there was supposed to be more episodes, and I think some COVID issues with production caused that to, to, to not happen. So I'm curious as to what choices were made to make those changes. So what about you? You know, just to play off something you said, I think something we have, we keep running into the longer that we cover these series. uh, Because I I had that same feeling with you, even though I ended up liking this episode more, the feeling we keep bumping into when we do these notes is like the finale or the last act of, of Marvel property is always that action set piece or that what it seems to feel like. So it, it becomes hard to rate it accordingly if if that makes sense no it does. so I, I i feel what you were saying there in that pre-spoiler thought yeah then that makes sense but uh yeah bringing it back to, to my other pre-spoiler thoughts you know we always share uh what we thought up on social media so the thing that i wrote was that the episode showed that you definitely need more than one episode for these characters to breathe um 
it it doesn't necessarily have to be this huge crossover event, but just more time with these characters goes a really long way in making me actually care about them. And yeah, it, it proved that there is a nugget of entertainment value with these characters in this episode because I, I've been super critical of this season, uh, especially in this last half. But uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this finale. Um the most critical I'll get here in the pre-spoiler is that it felt like in-game of what if, like the in-game of what if, and that it needed to wrap up everything. The difference being that since not everything worked for me in what if, we still had to take time to pay off things that didn't work. So that's where this episode kind of was a little uneven. Yeah. Well, and that was something going in to this episode as well of was it necessary to link everything because it's a multiverse? You know, um, like, are you going to embrace fully that it's a multiverse and we're really looking at all these universes? Um, or do you still feel that urge for this unity and, and, and we're going to combine, you know, tie everything together? So, uh, and, and not to say, like, oh, they should have just not, but I mean, pre spoiler thoughts, but I, I they could have gone either way. I think, then it'd be okay. You reminded me, there's an article I need to send you. And I think if I can remember, this is this wasn't planned part of the outline, so I don't have it verbatim, but I think it was titled, The MCU Will Never Tell Complete Stories. And it was talking exactly about what you were mentioning. So I want to link that to you and okay. then also link it in the show notes because I think it's worth the read. Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, but of course, those are our pre-spoiler thoughts. So... We're going to go ahead and get into the spoiler zone. So like we said, uh, you're going to hear an audio cue. And on the other side, it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. We'll see you on the other side. And we're back. So uh, we're going to go with that three act structure breakdown. Uh, act one is going to start from the beginning of the episode where we start with Captain Carter and Black Widow on the Lemurian Star all the way to the point where the Guardians of the Multiverse have solidified and decided to take on the mission to stop Infinite Ultron. Uh, so, Jude, is there anywhere you'd like to start within this first act? You know what? I do like that we started with um, reenactment, recreation, I don't know what to call it, but with uh, Winter Soldier and Peggy Carter. You know, because I think we talked about this a little bit on pod, probably more off pod, uh, within this past week that, you know, the only way what if works really is if it's rooted in some kind of context that we're familiar with and then you got to break away. Uh, so I, I like that they still set us in um, that familiarity of Winter Soldier. Um, and it also made me think, man, I want more of Captain Carter. Like I, I want more of that, that story. Speaking of backdoor pilots, we need an entire Captain Carter series. I would watch that endlessly because she works so well as a character. Yeah, I would just love to see the Captain Carter and just make it an animated series. Yeah. Like, there's no need to to make it live action. I'd be okay with an animated Captain Carter series. Yeah. I, I still hope we get a live action adaptation at some point, but yeah, a, a live action series, I mean, a, a animated series would go really well. Yeah. And I, and I get it. You're right. There's, there's an element of Haley Atwell. Let's get her on screen. Captain Carter's fantastic, but I'm also, sc I scroll through Disney plus and I think about, 
you know, we got finally got the Black Widow movie. You had Captain Marvel, right? We're going to get the Marvels. We got WandaVision. But when you start thinking about those uh, female-led, you know, we're, we're going to get She-Hulk and you're going to get that, um, uh, what was that? Miss Marvel. Um, I just said the Marvels. I don't know why I couldn't think of Miss Marvel. But, I mean, you get the idea, right? <laughs> we're getting all those shows, uh, those live-action shows, and you start thinking about, well, okay, these are rated essentially the television equivalent of PG-13, you know? Um, and when I think of, like, Spider-Man and his ultimate friends, um, or ultimate Spider-Man is what I'm thinking of. Spider-Man and friends, ultimate, I combine the shows. Um, Avengers Assembled, and you think about those things, it'd be so great to have that in, with Peggy Carter as well. I see what you're saying, yeah. You know, I, I do want to circle back to what you were saying about starting with the familiarity of Winter Soldier with Cap and Black Widow. The biggest criticism I walked away from in that first episode with Captain Carter was that like, okay, I liked it, but I felt like we just kept recreating what had already been done in the first Avenger. I've been really trying to reassess how I feel because in contrast to that episode, I felt like it did work well here because that straight up was the Winter Soldier, like down to the conversations they were having, the uh, embarking on the ship and taking down all those agents. Like it was almost a one-to-one shot, but there was something about the confidence of this episode and how it started with them. Like there, there felt like there was already history between Cap and Black Widow and it felt like watching a believable friendship. And I like that a lot. And it really became the backbone, I think, of this particular episode. Like their established relationship and that opening shot set up so much of the emotional core of this episode. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, hmm. and, and one thing to add while you're, you're thinking about that, Captain Carter is so much better at handling love loss than Steve was because she can actually joke about losing Steve in this universe where Steve was always <laughs> just kind of like sullen looking over Peggy pictures. Yeah. Like it, it I, you're right. It was, it was exactly, you know, the same thing, but it did, it felt different. Um, it felt right. It, you know, it just, it just was so awesome and so good. And you know, the through line, and I know it happens in the third act, but the through line all the way to the end, it's interesting. My second watch, there's things that, that it's like, again, that note taking criticalness where I'm like, okay, but what about this? You, you know what I mean? Um, that I didn't ask in the first watch and I just enjoyed it. But that's, again, it, it it's an overall issue with the series. And you know what I think caused the problems for me? Is when it was started. Party Thor. <sighs> it was actually it was actually before then, but yeah, Party Thor really ruined it. Um, honestly, it was it was when it started, um, and we we wrestled with this with WandaVision, right? This whole let the show do its thing, take the show in, don't you know, don't get caught up in expectations. Um, in terms of like, I'm expecting to see this or I want this to happen and it doesn't happen, right? Everybody in Reed Richards on, on what ended up being a throwaway line, you know, like they they wanted to make a big deal about the vehicle and how cool the vehicle was and everybody's just like, where's Reed Richards? You know, and so... Well, the text message. Yeah, right? But it, it's kind of the same thing here. I think once before What If came out, and they started having those announcements and talking about how, oh, this is canon. And I wish I wouldn't have had that stuck in my head because that 
took me down some paths that I probably shouldn't have gone down. And I'm also mm-hmm. going that from the from the standpoint of when Leech was on, I mentioned it, the Star Wars visions. Knowing ahead of time that it wasn't canon, any of it, as I'm watching these episodes, I'm like, I'm not all worried about is that R2-D2 or, oh, look, that's Jabba and... It's just an episode and it's for fun, you know, and, and I, and I think I, I would have enjoyed what if series as a whole more if I would have had that mindset. You know, I, I've been thinking about it. This is something I wanted to bring up and I don't know where I would have put it in my notes, but I think it works here. I feel like what if as a show has a bit of an identity crisis. And I say that playing off what you were talking about on the expectation of this being like, oh, this is totally canon. You know, we mentioned as well, it's in this weird space where it can exist without the the canon of the prime timeline, but it also isn't really contributing to the prime timeline. And then from episode to episode, it's just kind of tonally all over the place. And so I think I I understand what you're saying about like, if this wouldn't have been marketed as like, oh yeah, this is totally canon. I probably wouldn't have been as precious about the storylines. So I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, and, and before you continue, I want to go ahead and say this. Uh, we have already decided that we're not doing a wrap up episode. Normally, whenever we cover a series on Disney Plus, we cover every episode. And the week after the finale, we do a wrap up episode where we essentially ask the question, did it work? And talk about uh, things we liked and didn't like about it. Um, I think if I can speak for both of us, we've been conflicted with this season overall. So rather than just doing a full episode to it, we're kind of baking that into here because we didn't want to just have a whole episode where we were like, you know, I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to pull it back to this finale, you know, some of my notes was like, why were you grabbing Thor and not the, the, the frost giant Loki, you know, like I, I don't like that didn't make sense to me. In terms of, I mean, you grabbed, and I loved it, because they said, like, Gamora, Gamora, dear Lord. Gamora. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you slept the whole night through. And, and, and singing in the rain, it's, we talked the whole night through, but I'd sing it to the girls saying, um, you slept the whole night through. <laughs> As a celebration. Um, <laughs> My mom, I think, did an alternate version of that. Because I just remember whenever she would wake us up for school, she'd be like, good morning, good morning. Good morning. But I don't remember. <laughs> I never. And you know what? Until, you and you and you and you. Until this day, I didn't know that was from Singing in the Rain. I thought it was a song oh, that she gosh. just sang. I love Singing in the Rain. Seen it in the theater. Never seen it. Oh, my gosh. The kids love Singing in the Rain. Like, it, we, we saw it in the theater. It's fantastic. We're time travelers. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> like Gamora, survivor of Sakar. It's like, oh wow, Gamora was on Sakar and survived Sakar. You know, um, you got a little hint of Tony in this Hulkbuster outfit on Nevadalir. Like that, that was all cool, you know. And you went with Thor rather than Loki. You, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, yeah, and th- and that's the thing is like and like if you're gonna do the what if like lean into it, man. Give us Beta Ray Bill or give us you know Frog Thor. Yeah, you know like like what like w- when you have that open canvas, you know, and so and so that's what I mean. Where it's just like mm, it, it was just too. It was just I don't know what. Uh, I'm kind of losing my point here, and I'm sorry about that. But it, it's just 
those things like just didn't work for me. I did like seeing Natasha over and over again, right? And getting clearly different versions of Natasha, although my second watch, there was a few issues I had. But, you know, it's just like T'Challa, bringing T'Challa in, I was like, that was awesome, you know? Um, or I wish they would have grabbed Pepper or Shiri instead of Killmonger. Yes. That's what I was going to chime in with. Like, I get by the end of it, you have, and I'm skipping ahead of it, you have that moment where Strange is like, oh, you foresaw everything. That's why you brought in Killmonger. But like, that, is that really, like, this is what if that's the only way that you could have separated the stone was by bringing in Killmonger? Like, the, even the way that the Watcher addresses him, he's like, murderer of Tony Stark. Like, yeah didn't feel like you actually needed to have Killmonger there. And the other thing I was going to say is that I held my tongue last week when I, I wanted to say that so far, it feels like the only essential episodes we got as of last week was the Doctor Strange episode and then the What If Ultron 1 episode. Those are the only two episodes that felt like it built off anything, but I held my tongue because I thought, okay, you know, we're most likely going to get this big crossover in the finale, and it's probably going to pay things off. So it's so funny to me. Again, I do like this episode, but it's so funny to me that I felt that, and I was like, oh, I'll give it its chance, and then one of the first few people that we recruit is somebody from something we haven't even seen before. Like, it wasn't, you didn't need to do the setup of every individual person because it worked. Like, you had... Gamora here and it was fine like we we were educated enough on the 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 rules of the what if universe that like you could pluck whoever you wanted so it felt weird that it both had this impulse where you had to set up people and bring them into this but also proved it didn't really need that either yeah right because that, that's the thing is I think we as an audience accept the premise of what if and so it, you know it, which is a fine line Right. Cause he, he again, mm-hmm. go back to my buddy Sean. He's like, I want to see something way out there. I don't want you to rehash old stuff. But the premise of what if you, you have to revisit old stuff because you have to have something to, to ponder to what if on. Right. Yeah. And there was times where in this show, this, I'm bringing it back to the episode in this episode where they were leaning on, prior knowledge or the work they'd done from previous episodes. Okay, fine. But they didn't lean on within the other episodes our prior knowledge enough to take those chances to go out and, and do something radically different. Like the Gamora. You know, there they relied on that prior knowledge and just went out there and got it. You know? Well even location wise, the Nevertheless, location wise. You know, because it was so quick. Yeah, I mean, just the the imagery of Gamora in the Thanos armor is so like rich with visual storytelling because you know that relationship between her and Thanos. You know what that armor means to Thanos. To to see her there dressed in that armor and his weapon, it immediately starts your your mind going like, okay, how did you get here? And then, like you said, throw in Niva Delir and Tony Stark with. Uh, is it E3 as they're destroying the gauntlet? Like there's so many, like, I don't think you have to walk us through how you got there and just trust a little bit of like, okay, this is how this is remixing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I know we brought back to the episode, but bring it a little bit more on the positive side. I want to talk about the pub scene and specifically because of that one scene in Ragnarok where Dr. Strange gives Thor the never ending mug 
it makes me so happy that he is the multiversal bartender for this ragtag <laughs> team of guardians. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. I was really expecting that mug to fill up again. And now having said that, I am glad that he did the whole smashing the whole another <laughs> kind of, and I don't think he said, I don't even remember. I don't think he said another, but just the whole smashing down. I was like, oh, that brings a smile to my face. Uh, but you're right. He is. <laughs> Dr. Strange is the multiversal bartender. It's a, it's a high honor of all, of all the doctorates he had, all the surgeries completed. He's yeah. got to put multiversal bartender as up as one up there. Yeah. PhD, MD, all of it. Bartender. You know, he probably bartended his way through medical school. <laughs> so he probably could do it. It makes sense to me. Yeah, new headcanon. For all of his arrogance, he is still pretty conversational. So he had to pick that up somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, But no, you know, I was going to say, in my pre-spoiler thought, I mentioned that... Um, I, I may have done this on social. I don't think I said this in the episode. But I mentioned that a little characterization goes a long way. And so... I wrote this in my notes, and I was very curious to see how this was going to work. Um, I'm starting with, I think the biggest issue I had in this series is the Killmonger episode. And, uh, you know, I won't rehash everything, but the biggest thing I think I came away with is how unopposed he was for the duration of his episode. It, You know, I wanted to note that the driving force for Killmonger in this episode is no different than what he was doing in his episode. But the difference was that because you brought these characters together and he had something to contrast with, it meant so much more to me to see him side-eyeing that Ultron helmet than it did watching anything that he was doing in his episode. Um, and so like, it, it felt like there was a stake there of like, here are all these people that have this one goal and you can already see him starting to hatch another one. So that just felt like good narrative drama. Um, and where I thought I was going to maybe, you know, meet you halfway with Party Thor was if I was trying to see from your perspective, like, okay, Party Thor is just completely annoying. I like, I don't, I'm personally fine with him but if i'm someone who is completely annoyed with him i think the strength of this episode was that he got to be the comic relief and not necessarily the shoulder on which the episode relied on so you only got him in small doses with the way that he would like you know like oh i'm not falling for this this is one of loki's tricks and then he like tries to walk out and he has to be brought back in screaming and then everybody else continues on with the plan like it felt like there was a better balance with these characters interacting with each other than there was anything that happened in their their solo episodes. Let me say something about Eric Killmonger, and then I'll tell you what Party Thor was to this episode. Okay. Uh, as you're saying that about Killmonger, I liked the Killmonger episode. We talked about this, I, and I was the only one. Friend Daniel was on. I did enjoy it. But I fully admit a better episode to show Killmonger would be what if T'Chaka brought him home mm -hmm. instead of leaving him there right like what what would that have been like uh, it, 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 you know when did, when that happens and see that difference that would have been a fun experiment to look at uh so so i i'm agreeing with you to that extent you know on the killmonger episode yeah thor so this past monday my fifth grader we're at baseball practice and she gets the bright idea of like oh coach brought this big orange cooler full of Gatorade. I'm going to add some of it to my water. And then she drank the water and she's like, this water's terrible. It's water with really super watered down Gatorade flavor. 
And it seemed so, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but a little bit of Gatorade ruined the water. And even a little bit of comic <laughs> relief of Thor ruined what potentially could have been really good scenes. Mm-hmm. Thor is the Gatorade in my water. No, I, I get it. Like And like I said, I was, it was a fun thought experiment to see if I could see it from your perspective. And the answer is no, but no. It, uh, like, I get what you mean also. Do you like water and Gatorade? I get it. <laughs> oh man. But no, I, I get you. Like I 100% understand, uh, you know, where you're coming from with Party Thor. I was hoping to, to see if maybe the balance brought some, um, levity to him but no i i gotcha nobody wants a watery gatorade no no it's just (sighs) one last thing i want to mention that i have for my notes is you know again i I think the pub scene is a really strong scene here in this first act specifically i love the back and forth between strange and the watcher as they both are kind of vying for the responsibility of picking up the team because whenever Thor is like, oh, you know, I've been known to attract unwanted attention. And he accidentally like shocks the 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 chandelier. Strange like looks at Watcher and it was like, oh, you picked him. And then whenever Gamora is like demonstrating the the uh, Infinity Crusher, uh, the Watcher's like, I picked them. Like it was fun to see him back mm-hmm. and forth as they were like boasting for responsibility. That that was a good dynamic. And I would love to have seen more of that, too. You know, and you know what? For the title of the episode... It, it was really weird to see to see like I, I think I think I expected to see more of the watcher involved in the plan and participating in the in the final battle. Yeah, you know, especially because we know he can fight oh, <laughs> after right? last episode. Like, like give that mm-hmm. group and th- give him the watcher as well. Like, so maybe he's tired. Hey, it's it's like you said before. It's like it's like when you you're playing that video game and you get to tag in. Like that extra side character, and then it has to recharge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the Watcher had to sit. The Watcher has a cooldown. It does. I was going to say, like, look, I mean, Yoda came in for one big fight, and that was it. And we still love Yoda. So I think the Watcher Wait, gets a pass. One big fight? In uh, Revenge of the Sith? He, he took on Dooku in the Clone Wars. Oh, that's right. Okay, my Star Wars is, is, is hazy then. Yeah. It is two fights, then. and you know, and that's only in the live action movies. If you go watch the Clone Wars animated series, like you should. <laughs> oh man! You know, I I can feel myself walking into that closed door, and I do it every time. <laughs> 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 oh man! Well, uh, unless we have any more, uh, I think we can move into Act Two. All right, cool. So. Act two is going to start us from the celebratory drinking moment between the guardians of the multiverse uh, until they are interrupted by Ultron all the way until the moment where they have discovered that their plan with the Infinity Crusher is not going to work due to the differences in the Infinity Stones per universe. Mm -hmm. So starting with me this time um, to... To play off what I was saying a little bit, and again, I, I'm trying not to make this about like, oh, this is what I would have done, but I here we are. You, This is our fourth series we've covered. You people know me by now. Yeah. But <laughs> I really Hey, think, I do it too. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. Somebody wrote, uh, I believe it was uh, 
Melt Gaming or Mr. Melt on uh, they just recently changed their username. But uh, Mr. Melt, they mentioned like, hey, you know, I, I'm not a writer. And believe me, I know I'm not a writer. And I just responded to them and I said, like, hey, we've got plenty of writer hats to go along. Like, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can borrow ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But no, what I was going to say is that I think if you would have gotten to this camaraderie of the multiverse a lot quicker, I would have enjoyed this season so much more. Um, Because, again, I mentioned there feels like there's this impulse that you need to set up each and every individual character before you cross them over. But I think it's possible to learn about these characters in contrast to each other and the conversations that they were having. So specifically, there was a scene where Strange and Carter were talking and they were talking about like, oh, I'm assuming your Carter did this. And he's like, actually, it was uh, Captain Rogers. And so you learn their dynamic there. Uh, there was another scene where Gamora and Party Thor were talking about Ultron, and you learned about the suspicious nature and the the wising up to his actions that Gamora had. And I may lose you here, but some of that like innocence to Thor, where he's like, hey, I trust everyone. And so they did a great job of showing these characters interactions with each other that I feel like you could have gotten to this quicker. You know what? I, it's interesting. It's like they forgot the lessons of the of the of the phases. I mean, that's how we got Spider Man and Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, they they showed up in Civil War first. Um, that's they get Monica Rambeau that way in Wandavision. You know, we're gonna get um oh we got who who was it that the other one that I was thinking of? I was kind of introduced in that way. Sylvie. Yeah, I think I was thinking of Sylvie. You know, well Falcon. You know, look at the part that he played and yeah. how he was introduced, you know? So, yeah. So I just, it's like, it's, it can be done and we've done this. So I don't, you're right. I don't know where that impulse came of like, oh, we need to, to introduce everybody in that way. And again, to be fair, and because I'm, I'm always trying to keep in mind about like, it's easy to armchair screen, right? You know, this is the first entry into the animated universe. Maybe there's some different rules and things that they're trying to learn as they go. But that that's that's what that scene it stood out to stood out for me is that feeling of like, oh, this is this is what I was missing. No, you're right. It's character driven. It was like we learned a lot about strange on the toast. I love the toast. The toast was fantastic. One hundred percent. You know, and, and we learned a lot about strange right there. Um, and it makes sense that T'Challa Star Lord is going to step in and do that. That's what he does. Um, it was great. You know, so in in that, you know, um I, I completely agree with you on this whole character development and we got so much out of such a short scene, you know, yeah. and, and you're right. Like the, the party Thor, right. I didn't, I didn't take of it as, as necessarily naive. I didn't really think of it much at all, but, um, <laughs> am I, Thor. am I slowly winning you over? No. Just a little tiny crack in the shields. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um oh. I I mean I was I was trying to to convey how much of an afterthought that it that he was to me that like I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even give it enough thought to be like, oh look, he's naive. I was just like, oh look, he's there. Um you know, I mean I mean literally, right? Like one of my notes, my my first two notes of this scene, I don't even have context with it. So I'm not exactly sure what I was referring to. Strange's toast was fantastic. Four exclamation points. Oh, Thor. Dot, dot, dot. 
<laughs> like, isn't? Yeah. Yeah, I think what you're referring to, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he gets excited and he shoots his lightning into the sky and that's what triggers Infinite Ultron. I think that might have been it. Oh, Thor. Um, now, I will say, like, like one of the things, and another thing, going back to Captain Carter, the the whole BFF thing, you know, it's like I would love to have seen more of, and it was a different Natasha, but I'd love to see more of Natasha and Cap. But here in that second viewing is where things started to break down for me as I was thinking about oh. it. So it's like, one of my notes is like, good thing that Black Widow's backstory is the same in, in that universe. You know, because like, in other words, the things that Cap <sighs> had to say in order to have proof, I'm like, it's a multiverse. We're, we're not, you can't be confident necessarily that it's going to be the same backstory. Um, it works. I like it, you know, but it's things is like, if I'm, as I'm, as if I think about these things, it was like, uh, and, and part of that, again, it's, it's, it's the canon, right? And what rules are we going to apply to it and not because of canon? Whereas if I didn't think of it in those terms, I probably, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did think one part, that Infinity Crusher, I was like, that was dumb. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so for me, it was like, if the stones that Ultron have can work outside of its own universe then the stone crusher should have worked outside of its own universe. Like there, they wanted it both ways. And so to, to have that moment where it's like, Oh, they won, but it's not quite over yet. You know? Um, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. and again, if it's part it's convenient. of convenient, it is. And if it's part of Canon, right, this whole multiverse and these are just other universes. Well, they've already established in Loki, they're paperweights and no way should they have worked after outside of that uh, universe and so which made the vision ultron or as ken put it voltron (laughs) anyways in a text to us (laughs) v-u-l-t-r-o-n i'm a my personal favorite is ultron pro max (laughs) ultron pro max yeah (laughs) you know um oh what did he what did he say hold on let me get i gotta give ken all the credit on this one says, I think you can shorten vision Ultron to Voltron destroyer of the multiverse. Instead <laughs> of defender of the universe. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, but he says the line, like the infinity stones are unique. Like, and I'm just like, so they shouldn't work here, you know? Well, wait, I guess they should because they went back to his universe, you know, I guess planet wise, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It just, it just took me out of it. You know, I was like, no, the stone crusher should have worked. So I'm the party pooper. So I got, you're not a party pooper. That's, that's no, no, no. That's that new merch. I'm seeing you now. I'm the party pooper. <laughs> Dude, the party. You know what we should start doing? No, 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 no. Not my name. Just put, I'm the party pooper. That way when people get tired. <laughs> Dude, the party pooper. It's too late. I already got the merch out. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is that we should do, we should award the party pooper of the season because clearly I would have been the party pooper for Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, I think you eventually came around to Loki, so no party pooper there, but yeah. uh, we both get the party pooper award in this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. We have series MVP, uh, which clearly it's Captain Carter for us. Um, I think, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, my, I'm torn between T'Challa and Captain Carter. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and, and part, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I would love to throw in 
um, Wasp. Yeah. But there was only that one episode. That's how impactful they were. Yeah. So I, I want to circle back because you brought up a lot of great points that I want to kind of respond to. And I think I can start where you were talking about, like, thank goodness that Natasha's backstory was the same because it's such a pivotal moment. And to set the scene, it's whenever Captain Carter arrives in the the, the universe, the Age of Ultron universe, and uh, Natasha has stolen the stone and she's holding them at gunpoint. And Captain Carter is able to talk her down by going through her backstory. And so the thing that I wrote is that, again, referring to the confidence of the way they started the episode at the beginning, it makes this heartfelt moment so much more uh, rewarding, at least for me, because it's something that we've been tracking throughout the series. You know, what stays the same like Rogers, what changes like Strange. Here, it's nice to know that the friendship between Peggy and Nat is something that remained throughout the universe. So there, it reminds me of something I also wanted to bring up in the, whenever we were doing the MCU news, you need to know, um, there was a quote from Brian Andrews where he was asked about like, well, how do you handle the stakes of a multiverse when you can just sidestep into another universe and everything's fine there? And so this is a quote from Brian Andrews. It says, quote, so if we're doing our job and engaging the audience, it shouldn't matter that there could be some other person that's alive or dead in some other universe. It's what's happening right there in the present, right in front of your face, that adventure. And if you can connect in some way, then awesome. Then it's always going to work. And you never know what you're going to get, which I think is part of the fun. Um, I'm ending the quote. There's a little bit more that you can read in the article. But the thing that I wanted to take away from that is I it's something we've talked about once we start dealing in the multiverse is like, how do you handle the stakes? And even though I'd say 65 to 70 percent of the way they handled the multiverse didn't work for me in this series, I think that moment with. Peggy and Kat and and Nat worked because of that confidence they had in the beginning. And and one more thing like you keep you talk about like you have to have a canon to be able to to, to do a what if. Um you know, I, I know there's this there's sometimes this pushback of like what is or isn't canon and that can become a very heated discussion. But it's reminding me of something that I've been running into with uh, a friend of mine. We've been playing D&D and the way we play any game, not just D&D, is two different styles. Like he likes open world stuff and I like more directed, goal oriented encounters. And he keeps the, the compromise that we came to is that like in order for me to be able to have the open world freedom of choice, there has to be something to choose against. And so the canon of the MCU is the thing that you're choosing against whenever you're stepping into the what if universe. So I also understand um, that feeling of what we're bumping into when things don't make sense to the established rules, if that makes sense. No, that does. It makes a lot of sense. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I like that's been helping me <laughs> because I've been trying to play D and D uh, concurrently with this what if series. That's what's been helping me try to make sense of like what if rules. No, and that makes that makes complete sense. Um, the one rule: there are no rules, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to have at least one. There needs yeah. to be one rule. <laughs> it's always got to be one rule. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you can't break it. You, you know what? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get sidetracked. There's a there's a game that I play with my fifth grader uh, and makes my other kids frustrated. My wife likes to play it. 
and a, a good friend of mine and his wife uh, introduced it to us. It's called Flux. F-L-U-X. Flux. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that game. And, and there's one rule. Draw a card, play a card. And then there's rule cards that as you play, that changes the rules. And as you go and the goal of the game of how to win the game all changes. Everything is in flux, you know, and I love that game, right? Like, and and it, it just reminds what you're saying just reminds me a little bit of that game of like, here's your one established thing. We have the movies, you know, but it's like they didn't know or find that balance of like, it's okay. Play all these cards and mess up all the rules, you know? Um, Cause that's the point of the game, you know, is to cause the chaos. Um, so yeah, so that's, but you know, I mean, back to your original point, you're right. That moment worked and it works because of the groundwork they did at the beginning of the episode. It works because we know Natasha from the one rule, right? All the movies, you know, and, and they're able to rely on that. So, so they did that very well there. And I keep thinking of it and I'm, I can't remember if I said it, but whatever there it's always the the reddit comment that says well technically all stories are what if stories if you think about it and it, it's it's what separates them is the ability to have meaning and i think they found meaning in that relationship right well yeah yeah all what okay my gosh okay yes all what if stories are what if stories but it, it's <laughs> it, it's like when it's like when i ask my students all right guys once you close your eyes and imagine a world in which you don't exist. Were you able to do it? And the majority of them were like, no, I can't. Like the, the moment I start trying to imagine a world into which I exist, I don't exist. I'm making choices off of the knowledge of my own existence, right? Like you just, it, it, you can't get away from it. It's the same mm-hmm. thing here. Like you're, they're making choices off of prior material existence and that's, and that's okay. Um, but you know, um, and that, and that's, I will say, is what this episode did very well. And along with the last episode, is that leaning into what we already knew and balancing it with pushing out, you know, um, you know, I'm just taking issue with some of the stuff that they connected to in previous seasons, right? Like you didn't grab Pepper or Shiri. That would have been so much better to me than Killmonger. Um, you didn't, you know, you grabbed Party Thor. It's like. You had party Thor, right? Like you could have done a completely other Thor and it would have been okay. You know, Um, you could have grabbed Captain Marvel from that party Thor universe. Right. Mm -hmm. I have an article that I need to send you. Um, and I'll link it. If I find it in time, by the time this is published, I got to find it. Um, but it talks about Captain Marvel and all the work the Marvels is going to have to do to rebuild Captain Marvel after being torn down by what if, um, wow, you know, well, and we talked about it a little bit, right. Tara brought it up on our pod a little bit of this, the shorthand of like, Oh, how do we show how powerful Ultron is? How do we show how powerful Thor is? Oh, bringing Captain Marvel. And she succeeds in neither one is the point the article makes, you know? Um, and so you kind of just render her to powerless in a weird way. And I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, because we were detailing the ways in which What If was using shorthands, and I felt like they kind of get away with it with Tony, uh, because Tony is a character that is gone. They get away with it a little bit with Thanos, because he's also a character that is gone. But Tara kind of, 
well, not kind of, Katara opened up my eyes to like how that's a problem for a character that is still around, like Captain Marvel. And so I'm very interested in reading that article that you were talking about. Yeah, I need, I need to find it. Um, no pressure. Hmm. God, where did I find it? Okay, I'll look for it. I, I did. Okay. A, I did a quick Google search right now just to see um, if I could find it, and it didn't come up immediately. But I, I know I can find it. Well, we are in Act Two, but. As we've talked about before, a lot of times whenever we get to the end of these series, it's a lot of the action stuff. So I think the easiest way that we can handle this is we're going to start talking about some of the action sequences that we enjoyed in Act 2 and let that transition us into Act 3. So if I can start, one of the things that I really enjoyed about how creative these action set pieces were... I love that scene wherever they're on that first desolate universe and Thor launches his hammer and Strange uses his spells to multiply it. And in in the confusion of that chaos, uh, Captain Carter is using her shield and is able to ram into Ultron and then take one of the hammers back to steady ground. Uh, Such a fun sequence. Captain Carter's worthy. Well, technically she didn't lift it. She just hitched a ride to which Peter Parker did the same thing in Endgame. Okay, that's fair. But- Jury's still out. She could be. She could be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Party Thor certainly is <laughs> worthy. <laughs> now, um, it was a cool moment. I did like that. That was in my note. I loved all the hammers, right? And and so that was a cool moment. Uh, just the overall, like, there's, there's elements of that um, action sequencing that, you know, and a lot of this is Act 3 stuff, but it's, that reminded me very much of Infinity War when they're t- attacking Thanos, especially at the end, um, when they're all getting him at the same time and overwhelming him. Um, and, and that was really cool. I really loved that one shot of, and I think you called it, or maybe Tara called it, um, or might have been both of y'all, of Black Widow and Cap using the shields at the same time. And then you have that one slow-mo shot, to Zack Snyder watch, this is how you properly do slow-mo where one like Stay on target one like gets the top of ultron or while under, the other one undercuts it you know and you have that perfect slow-mo shot so you really like feel the blow that that they dealt to um ultron right um which was which was great um so yeah i i loved that whole sequence yeah, that shot was incredible. Um, you know, you talked about this feeling of it being Infinity War where they're overwhelming Thanos. I, I honestly think there is a blending of both Infinity War and that final fight in Endgame because, yes, you had them all attacking Infinite Ultron at once, but another smart thing that they did, which I'm realizing I'm a sucker for in action sequences, is they gave us that clear communicated goal of the Soul Stone. And so when they had that shot where the Soul Stone was on the ground centered in frame and it everybody was like fighting around it that was fantastic and like that told you more and that one static shot than anything i think of like like i didn't need to see all the cool stuff i'm glad we got it but that shot communicated so much and i loved it it did that was fantastic you know what i had a thought um i think it was ultron's foot but when i on first watch i thought they were bringing back um the Nazi stopper, stomper, or whatever it is Steve Rogers was in. Hydra thumper, Nazi stomper. <laughs> whatever. Um, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but like, like I, I thought that foot, and I thought like he was going to show up. Um, 
you know, but, it, but then I realized, oh, that's Ultron. Uh, so yeah, but like, you're right. That was a beautiful way to do that. So we're still sticking with the action sequences, but I think we can go ahead and transition into Act 3, which will take us from uh, realizing that the plan didn't work and in leaving Black Widow and Captain Carter to enact their plan to upload Zola into Ultron. Man, like everything leading up to that amazing moment where Black Widow takes a shot and Captain Carter like jumps on the back of Ultron to lift the helmet. Another one of those thrilling sequences from start to finish. And it it was wonderful that again, all the emotional weight of this episode is built into them because that is where the work has been done for this episode. And so when whenever you have that moment where uh, Cap is, is telling Nat, you know, I've got the shield, you've got the sword. And Nat replies with the like, oh, you know, it's a USB arrow, but I get, I love the wordplay. Nat has no idea how profound that statement is, but because of what I was saying earlier about because I'm sold on these characters, it works so well. And it just, it, it's a nice rally charge to the end. Yeah, no, you're right. Like that, that through line was fantastic. I love the 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 callback there like that's i mean that's what good storytelling does right you set things up um for later it's it's the oh what was i going to refer to oh it's into the spider verse the shoulder touch you know like doing moments like that is fantastic and that and that just worked perfectly you know uh for this episode and they did it with no protection spell like i love what they like it it i know Captain Carter has the serum, but in in the face of a threat like Infinite Ultron, it's it's more to the, what that work they did last episode, where you have your two underpowered individuals being the last remaining hope. I love that they took away that protection spell and showed them still willing to do the final heroic act. Like mm-hmm. that speaks volumes about them. Oh yeah, you know i I will say when I first watched it, um, I have a note here, and the note is actually a thought from my first watch. And so, so I wanted to put it down, but like, cause in my second watch, I know how it ends. I did think to myself, it's like, so the savior is the Nazi Hydra agent. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> okay. Um, so I do like how they ended it and he wasn't quite the savior. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're going, we're going to do this. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> I'm right there. Like, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was my next point. This is where the episode really starts to lose me. And what I had written is like, like Eric's betrayal. Like, I get it. It's in line with his character. It's even a, a through line to what he wants because his reasoning is like, we could save our worlds. Like, this is what Ultron owes us to the least. And so, you know, I follow that. But to have the whiplash of them succeeding, Eric betraying them. Zola betraying them and then having that fight happen all within like five minutes. It's like this episode is swinging harder than the episode limit gives them space to do. And so like as much as I was enjoying this episode, it keeps coming back to that same limitation of like, just focus on this. Like they already did such a wonderful job with Nat and and Cap and that sequence. Like we didn't need all this fuss here at the end. No, I'm with you. Completely with you on that. So, yeah. I don't know. May it, this is why we're not doing a wrap-up episode. <laughs> we want to spare you another week of us being like, eh. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
um, but yeah, and you know, and and it was a nice touch at the end where they went back to the pub. Um, it was that familiar place for all of us. That's where they met and they got to part ways. Um, but I, I did like the tone of it that even though they were parting ways, even though they saved <clears throat> questionably, uh, they saved the universes, right? They were still going back to the reality of their universe, you know, and, and I like that. Yeah. And, and it, again, it's, I guess what I'm learning, I love when they can communicate the most about the characters with the most minimal amount of work. You know, you're right. They all go back to their respective universes. You had that lovely moment where Cap is looking at the picture of Steve and wanting to go back to that part of her universe. But the Watcher insists that like, no, your universe needs you more than you know. And so she takes off. And that leaves us with Nat, who I'm so glad she pushed against the universe and going back to her universe because there's nothing there. And what we learn in that moment is like you get to wrestle with like, how can you have a character like the Watcher who, as Nat put it, did you make popcorn while you watched Ultron destroy my universe? Like there is rightful anger there. And then to turn around and get what we've been suspecting of all season of that empathy and care that the Watcher has for the little people within the multitudes of the universe where, yes, he still had to send her back, but he broke his oath enough to send her back to a universe in which they had lost their widow. So she gets to find, uh, you know, that family again. Like, I like that they're able to show he bends the rules uh because in contrast, it would have been horrible if he would have sent her back to the universe where she was the oh, only yeah. one left. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, you get you get that that compassion from the Watcher, which is to put a bow on what I was saying. Yeah. So I have one note left that plays off of that, but I was saving that for stray thoughts. Well, I all my notes, I think anything I got left could be stray thoughts. So if we want to go into stray thoughts, we can. Let's just do that. All right. Cool. So go ahead. Okay. So this is my. Really, my only one main stray thought was, what world did Natasha go back to? Episode three. Oh. Um, it was the episode where all the, all the Avengers died. Okay. Fury was there. Cap was there. Both Caps. What do you mean both Caps? Captain Marvel, Captain America. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Well, when you said both Caps, I was like, I don't remember seeing Peggy. Uh, <laughs> see? It, I'm doing it. Stupid what if. Uh, go read the article. Like, but yeah, so yeah, I, okay. I guess it was that, or it was, I guess it was that one. Um, mm -hmm. cause in my head, I'm like, I was like, no, all the Avengers died. So where is she at? Okay. Yeah. Cause Loki, Loki even has that line where he's like, you and your replacement Avengers could never stop me. And then she like jump kicks him and yeah. takes over his mind. Okay. So I guess it's, hmm. I don't know why I, I didn't put that together. <laughs> did you, did you go back and watch the post credit scene? I did. And I enjoyed it. Okay, uh, I think that's also telling of where we're at in this series that we both missed the the stinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, in no. fairness, I missed it because I watched it this morning um, and I had a doctor's appointment to get to. And so, mm -hmm. like, I, it was like, okay, the episode's done. I can go back and check it. I got to get out of here. I'm running behind. <laughs> so, gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. So, I tried fast forwarding to see if there was anything, but I, I fast forward too quickly. And so I missed it. I was like, okay. It just uh, went about my day. <laughs> 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 so, but uh, yeah. yeah. Do you have any more straight thoughts? No, or? that's it. I'm, what's your straight thought? Thoughts. 
<laughs> I had a thought, straight thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my straight thought, uh, you know, we, you talked about like, okay, it's weird that the Nazi scientist ends up being the hero. Another thing I bumped into is, you know, it's hard to call a character who destroyed the entirety of their universe, like Strange did, a redeemed character, but it is pretty cool that they were able to get him to bring back the captured Zola and Killmonger and have him watch over it. So I think that's the closest we're going to get to him being redeemed, but I, I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Just like, I didn't take that as him being redeemed, you know, but he is, Did you know, I mean, he's doing a good thing. I mean, um, the thing but, that I... But like, I, I, well, let me finish this thought. Like I read, go back to Captain America Winter Soldier... It was like, yeah, I kind of bought into this idea of, of not full redemption, but just bringing Walker back and I can accept it. Um, so it, it's just interesting that, that my intuition there was kind of a, okay, you're redeeming him. And Dr. Strange, I'm like, uh, okay, you know, you're, you're in prison already. So you might as well watch this prison. <laughs> I guess the the reason I chose Redeem is because it's a similar fate to what he could have had if Dormammu never bargained with him. Like Strange was willing to sacrifice himself in that infinite pause and he's doing it again here. Yeah, so. that's a good point. So uh, that's why I meant like the it's hard to call the character like that redeemed, but for whatever close word we can get to, I think they found it. <laughs> And I won't bring us back down the rabbit hole of relitigating Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> no, and, and but I'm uh, just saying, I, I'm saying of myself, the interesting thing of like how I took that versus this. I got you. You know, because clearly Strange, albeit way too late, learned his lesson, you know, and then the Watcher had to learn his lesson. So now I go back and grab that Strange because I know he's powerful enough to go do this. Um, but there's a consequence still. You have to come back to your universe, which is just this pocket dimension that just floats there until he escapes and screws everything up and no way home. But okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think that you zoned in on what I need from a series if they're going to tell a story with somebody making wrong choices that like they need to know it was the wrong choice and putting him back in that quote unquote prison, I think is, is understanding that a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, more straight thoughts, you know, it, it, speaking of missing the in credit scene, it was so funny to me that all day I kept seeing people say like, man, well, at least Peggy got to see Steve again. And I was like, did you watch the episode? Like that was the whole point of the watcher saying your universe needs you more than you think. She didn't go back to with Steve. And so because I missed the in credit, I was like, I was like, what are these people? They don't know what they're watching. And then when I finally got home and rewatched the in tag, it was like, Oh, okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Well, I mean, honestly, I read that as like, she has yet to see Steve and I'm expecting Steve to, to take the winter social role. Well, you know, that's the other thing. Like, the tone of this series, and I keep trying not to beat this drum, but the tone of the series is so all over the place because the way Black Widow leads into it, she's like, you gotta, you're you going to need to see this. And they get all the way there. It's kind of this foreboding energy. And then whenever the reflection reveals that it's the Hydra Stomper, you see Natasha from behind Cap go like, she, I forgot exactly what she says. Oh, she goes, someone's inside. And the way that she said it with a smile on her face is like implying this happy ending. Right. But it, that can't be the case. Like that, what? I don't know. It's it's a weird scene. I didn't like it as much as you did. 
No, I get that. But yeah. So I got one more uh, stray thought and uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but you know, my first reaction to this episode was, man, Benedict Cumberbatch felt odd in this voice acting this episode. But when I thought about it and how much time he spent alone in his little pocket universe, it makes sense that we would have no social cues whatsoever <laughs> after being isolated for so long. Yeah. So maybe it was a choice. Yeah. Well, you know what? And it's kind of like the Dormammu thing. We don't know exactly how, in theory, he was there a long time bargaining with Dormammu. You know, in, in the in the in the grand scheme of things, and we have no idea. And before the Watcher came back, what that felt like in terms of time, you know, because um, like not to get, you know, avoiding like to get really philosophical or really like scientific, right? You know, at a, at its base, you know, to water it completely down, and I and I realize I'm doing that. Time is a measurement of change. Right. And if he's in this pocket vacuum where nothing changes and it's constant, like every moment, like, like is, is there, there's outside of like, I just did this, but no one was, I'm only aware of it. You know, it's like, there, there's no real time in that sense. So it, it's, it's, it's had to have driven him crazy. At some point. And I, and I think that's all wrapped up in his speech and like the meaningless and the endlessness of nothing and infinite and the T'Challa had to come in there. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was something I didn't pick up on until my my second watch. But yeah, that that's going to do it for uh, our stray thoughts. Uh, and, you know, when I was thinking about it today while outlining this episode, it's going to be a bit before we have our listeners first takes because it won't be until Hawkeye in November that uh, we get to do this. So before we jump into these, I just want to say for everybody that's been partaking in this, thank you so much for sending in all your thoughts on the episode. Oh, absolutely. And I'm I'm excited about bringing those back. Yeah, it'll be fun. But uh, as far as this episode goes, this was some of the first takes that people had after we reached out on social media. Uh, starting with this one, uh, this one comes in from Friend Daniel on Instagram, and it says, fun, fast, and surprising. And it sounds like somebody took up the three-word challenge of <laughs> his review <Yeah. laughs> after last week's episode. Uh, our next one, definitely fun. A couple of moments hit in my feelings. Wish it were way longer. Um, emphasis on way, I, I guess, is mine. I'm, I'm not sure. Um uh, but that's TK on Instagram. <laughs> uh, the next one comes in on Instagram from Ben.Matty. Loved it. The fighting was really well done and had a lot of drama. The animation made it look really cool. And I, and I think I'm right there. Like, even though it's something we glaze over in our reviews, I think we're both in agreement of the fighting and the sequences being really well done oh, yeah. uh, throughout a lot of these episodes. Yeah. Well, and and I, I really like that we took the time and you took the time in particular to highlight the stone, just the view of just the stone and, and you know what's going on and you get that feeling, but you don't actually see it. It was, it was fan. It was really well done. Um, so yeah, the next one, uh, from Instagram as well, the Tony snow four ended perfectly for the first installment. Also never trust a killmonger in any universe. You would think, I, I agree. Like you would think the watcher had watched enough universes to, to figure that out. 
What I mean, maybe I guess he kind of did. Like, you know, he was expecting it, but it was all part of the plan. <laughs> all part of the plan. <laughs> Uh, this next one comes in from Oh Shoot Podcast on Insta. Uh, quote, I was underwhelmed. I felt like it was a bit of a weaker episode and needed something more. Um, you know, I even though I was a little bit warmer on this episode than it seems to be of their reception, the wanting something more, I think, is definitely a ringing uh, drumbeat within this series. Um, I think when I responded to it on the Instagram, I specifically said, yeah, a longer episode goes a long way. Yeah. Well, and I want to go back to something uh, friend Daniel said to us, you know, like his, the issues he had with this episode. And I know I realize you just read one that said fun, fast and surprising, but the issues, <laughs> the, the, which Daniel are we dealing with? Yeah. Which Daniel, <laughs> uh, but the issues he was dealing with and I, and I feel like, I was in the same boat was more series related than this episode. And the episode by itself was, yeah, I agree. It was fun, fast, surprising, you know? Um, so yeah. So thank you to Oh Shoot Podcast. And just as a quick note, Oh Shoot Podcast is a, another great Marvel podcast. They're not strictly Marvel, but they have started with the MCU. So if uh, you're looking for more great MCU podcasts, you should check them out. They're really good. Yeah. So our next one, the action sequences have always been a highlight of the series for me. This episode certainly delivered on that, but everything else is just okay and kind of rushed. Also, the Watcher is a Pokemon trainer. I choose you. Uh, that's from Ken on Twitter. <laughs> I love that imagery. <laughs> I'm so glad that Ken put that. Uh, the hashtag I choose you is fantastic. And yes, it's all I'm going to see the watcher as now, <laughs> it, you know, somebody's going to Photoshop in the, the Ash Pokemon hat on top of the, the watcher now. I know what I'm doing this. Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our final first take comes in from just Mr. Melt on Twitter. And it reads, quote, I loved it. Action sequences were fantastic. Great callbacks and tie-ins to past films, including my favorite film of the franchise, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Still have issues with the Watcher and his voice acting, but whatever. I give it 4.5 out of 5 Infinity Stones. Nice. I like that rating system. Me too! It's such a fun way to bring it back in. Although, I gotta wonder what happened to that 6th Infinity Stone. Hmm. I was wondering what which Infinity Stone we're cutting in half. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be the ether. It's the most liquidy of them all. Uh, that's very true. That's very true. So do you have, is the ether half full or half empty, Trey? <laughs> it depends on which Thor universe you're looking at, Party Pooper. You, you know what? And, and the ether is the reality stone, so it works perfectly for this. So Yeah, it's all coming together. We're all part of the MCU oh, yeah. now, Trey. Thank you, Multiverse. Yeah. I can't wait for my check. <laughs> so whether it's a reality check or a check check, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you, just Mr. Melt. And thank you everyone else who have given you your first reactions. Looking forward to doing this again with Hawkeye. Yeah. And of course, if you want to get in on that action, you should be following us on Twitter and Instagram at MCU need to know. Uh, we always put up our pre-spoiler thoughts, which is where you can share your thoughts as well. 
So yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. You know, before we jump into the outro, I do want to go ahead and state this here clearly. Uh, We've already mentioned we're not going to do a wrap-up episode of What If, uh, just to save everybody the one more episode of us being conflicted. But what is coming next week is the meta episode. Traditionally, we always let those kind of just stealth drop and let it be a surprise. But whenever I was editing this one, I told Jude that it has been hilarious to me that we just jumped right into it and explained nothing about what the meta episode is. So for any of the newcomers (laughs) that may have found us during this What If series, uh, it's a bit of a break. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly what goes on in there, but it's, as Jude has lovingly put it before, podcasting Podcasting self-care. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) so uh you know stay with us through a week of podcasting self-care and we'll be right back to our marvel related content the following week yeah so that's gonna do it if you want to reach out to us on social media you can always reach us at mc you need to know on twitter and instagram it's a great place to connect with us and have a more active role in shaping this podcast uh we've been doing great work to put out extra content that doesn't make it into the podcast feed as well as giving you access to our pre-spoiler thoughts on the day of if not the day after that an episode drops uh you can also help us vote on what quote from whatever episode we happen to be reviewing that week will be the title for our podcast so if you want to get in on that action, make sure you're following us at those places so that you can help us make a better show. Yeah. And of course, uh, you can scroll down to the bottom of the show notes, click the link to join our Discord, where you can find a community of people interested in MCU, pop culture, uh, working out, <laughs> and uh, sharing pictures of food and pets. There's all kinds of stuff there. Uh, when you go there for the Marvel content, make sure you click on the Roll Assign channel, click on the eye emojis, because that'll get you access to all the spoiler channels um of course as always we ask for feedback and ratings and reviews are super helpful um, but the best feedback you can give is the word of mouth feedback and share this pod with a friend yeah we'd also like to thank nick sandy for the use of our theme song which is his rendition of the avengers theme you can find more of his work on a soundcloud which is linked in the show notes as well well that's gonna do it thank you so much for listening and jude thank you so much for doing this thank you trey we'll see you all next week. So something that just dawned on me and it didn't happen because like I go through two stages of where you and I are just chatting and then we're recording and that's a different layer. And then the next layer is whenever I do the hello and welcome back. Like it feels like stepping into a new threshold. Mm -hmm. Uh, The camping trip that I'm going on next week, Leech is going to be there as well. And she was teasing me. She's like, oh, when we're there at the camping trip, I'm totally going to make you do the podcast voice. And so whenever whenever I did the you ready one, like I was like, oh, this is my podcast voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh, 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 okay. So speaking of well. Um, I was editing the last week's episode, yeah. right? Um, uh-huh. and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause uh-huh. it like, did Trey say, well, Jude again? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Let me go look. And I went back to the beginning. It was like, well, Jude. And she just rolled her <laughs> eyes, shook her head and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Tough crowd. Uh, I know. Right. <laughs> Listen, 
The well Jude, I've got two thoughts over that. The the slash film cast is a huge inspiration for me when it comes to the way I I envision this podcast too. And there's a reviewer by the name of Jeff Kanata where he has made it a thing that whenever they give hit their like first thoughts of the movie before they go into spoilers, that he gives everything in the form of a limerick. And so whenever the host is like, all right, well, what do you think of the episode, Jeff? Jeff goes, well, Dave, I guess you could say that the uh, my thoughts could be best summed in a limerick. And so that well just stems yeah. from like listening to him do that. Yeah. And so I, I've lifted that into the way that I do with you. But the second thought is whenever I started doing that, that was like, I don't think we ever had the intention of having guests on week after week. So it became so much more apparent as like four weeks in a row. It was like, well, Jude, well, Jude, well, Jude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm fine with it. I think it's funny Um, Uh there, but it was just, I was (laughs) just to change you well, Jude again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, that's fantastic. So, but you, it's that you can't stop now. You're the king of intros. I know. Like it feels weird to not have the well. The well is my anchor. <laughs> I know. Like you can't stop now. Yeah. Now it's all I'm going to be thinking about whenever I do intros. <laughs> all right, we're synced up, man. I got to say, between the false start of Reaper not recognizing your microphone. And last week where we kind of thought maybe this is a meta episode. Yeah. I feel like there's one on the horizon. It's not tonight. It's, I know that for sure. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> oh, di- I like that there's no- Go ahead. I like that there's no set schedule for it. It's just we feel it. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a whole feel. <laughs> just in case, dear listeners, if this is the end tag. <sighs> Meta episodes on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the theme song. 